What's going on, everyone? Welcome once again to Beach Sports Podcast, a podcast produced and created by the Daily 49ers staff. I'm your host, Christian Vasquez. Thank you so much for being with us here today. It's been a crazy and exciting two weeks of sports, guys. So let's not waste any more time and let's get right into it. In this episode, we will recap the week's most exciting games, both basketball teams on hot streaks, men's volleyball, number one in the country, facing off against number two UCLA, and so much more. Also, guys, I have lots and lots of guests for you today. Long Beach State Athletic Director Andy Fee will come out and talk about the success his teams have had over the past couple of weeks. Also, a little surprise on college football. Will that make a comeback at the beach? We'll find out. Dirtbacks head coach Eric Valenzuela will give us a preview for goals and expectations for the new season. And the Tyler Hildebrand era officially begins for the women's volleyball team, as he and his new coaching staff will share how their first couple weeks have been at the beach and their goals for the 2022 fall season. Let's start off with a quick recap of the week's games and results. The number one men's volleyball team had a doubleheader against number two UCLA in a battle for the top positions in the rankings. The Beach hosted the first match at the Walter Pyramid on February 11th, where they would go on to shout out the Bruins three sets to zero amidst a bad crowd. The Beach traveled to Westwood for the second match on Saturday, February 19th, where they would battle the Bruins in five nail-biter sets ultimately losing the match two sets to three. Sophomore setter Eric Beebe made his debut for the beach, garnering 42 assists, while freshman star Alex Nikolov, I'm pretty sure you've heard that name before, had 19 kills. They will next host the Stanford Cardinal on Friday, February 25, at the Walter Behrman. In basketball news, the men's basketball team headed to Northwich to face off against the CSUN Matadors on Thursday, February 17th. Freshman guard Jaden Jones had a big game, racking up 25 points in a 72-59 win, extending their winning streak to 11 games. They would continue their road game heading up the coast to Santa Barbara, where they would take on the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos on Saturday, February 19th. Unfortunately for the beach, they would fall short 84-71 following a 14-2 run, which put the Gauchos ahead in the second half and snapping the 11-game winning streak. They now stand 10-2 in the Big West. The beach still holding that first spot in the conference, and they will return home to host UC San Diego on Thursday, February 24th at the Walter Perrin. In an ironic result, the women's basketball team, who also played CSUN on February 17th and UC Santa Barbara on the 19th, would go on to lose against the Matadors 62-57 and win against the Gauchos 65-62. Against CSUN, the beach had a back-and-forth match and would ultimately force overtime following a second-chance layup by Matty Udi somebody that we've mentioned before on this podcast. CSUN would go on to win in overtime, sadly, and against UC Santa Barbara, the Beach scored 26 points in the fourth quarter to seal the win, where again, Udi shined with a double-double. In women's water polo, they participated in the Fresno State invite play on Sunday, February 20th, in a doubleheader first against Fresno State, followed by the Indiana Hoosiers. In a back-and-forth match, the Beach fell short late in the game, 12-10. to their next match would be against the Hoosiers, where they would come out on top 12-6 to behind Orsi Hertzka's four goals. In softball news, the women's softball team dropped their fourth consecutive game, losing to Arizona 2-12 in Tucson on Sunday, February 20th, in the Hillenbrand Invitational. They will continue tournament play against the Oklahoma Sooners on Friday, February 25th. Baseball season is here, guys, and the Dirtbags are hoping to make a big impression and hopefully win the Big West in a trip to Omaha. Our sports editor assistant Matthew Brown and I spoke to head coach Eric Valenzuela 
to discuss their goals for the 2022 season. All right. So thank you very much for being with us here today, Coach Eric Valenzuela. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Uh, so good. let's start off real quick. Uh, tell us a little bit about this offseason. Uh, what's some, been some of the highs and some of the lows uh, from the offseason that you've seen? Well, I think what we've, you know, what we've been going through for the last two years, there, there wasn't really any lows. You know, the fact that we were back together um, as a team and uh, being able to kind of have some, uh, you know, some normal, um, you know, practices and being able to, you know, uh, get back together is a big, big plus. And so not really many, uh, um, you know, anything negative to say. I'm just pumped to get this thing rolling. And, and the offseason was great. Uh, our boys were excited to, uh, you know, get out there and train and, and develop and get better. And, and so, yeah, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. Um, hey, Coach. Um, so over the offseason, you signed a contract extension, you know, that keeps you here till. 2026 um if you can talk like how did you know kind of talks of a you know extension begin and what kind of like I guess sense of security does this give you knowing like the administration wants to keep you around for so long yeah I mean obviously very honored to to work here and be part of this historic program and I'm just uh you know so happy and and uh, grateful to President Connolly and Andy Fee for for giving me this opportunity but you know, extensions and those type of things don't happen, you know, unless, you know, the players are, are you know, on board and, and they have your trust and they work hard for you and you build good relationships. And, and it's a, you know, it's a program that that these boys are flourishing, not only on the baseball field, but in the classroom and off the field. And so, um, you know, credit all goes to them. I'm just super thankful to be part of it. Um, but, you know, I, I think. I got the job in what 2020 for the 2020 season. Um, and, you know, we, we started off pretty good. I think we finished 11th in the country after 15 games. Um, and then the season got cut short. And then last year, um, you know, we didn't have a fall training. Uh, we didn't have a non-conference season. And so basically it was almost like, like this is our first full season um, you know, where we really didn't get to, uh, to have two, any full seasons, there's two years here. You know, I, I think it was an awesome gesture from, from, you know, administration to, to say, you know, look, you, we, we've been through, you know, as a program, two tough years, you know, in your first two years as the head coach here. And so, um, you know, to, to add those kind of two years on the back end was, was pretty awesome. And, and it just goes to show you what, you know, what, what this administration all is all about. And, and so again, I'm just proud to, to be part of this thing and, and hopefully uh, get these guys better and better in the program, you know, on the up and up, keeping it there. Um, kind of speaking about, you know, you said these past years have been COVID impacted. Um, what are you looking, uh, you know, forward to, you know, in your first full season, you know, knock on wood, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I mean, from a coaching standpoint, I just want to see, you know, the continuation of, of the development within our program. I think, you know, from a coach's side of things, you just want to see growth. You want to see the program continue to rise and get better. Um, you know, you, you want to see the culture continue to improve. And, and I think we've seen that in the first two years, you know, with all the, the, the COVID issues and, and all the, you know, things that are working against just the norm, you know, the norm 
Um, and so, you know, obviously what's the ultimate goal is to get to Omaha and win a national championship. But, you know, we look at it more as we just got to continue to, to get better in all aspects of things. And I think we're doing that. I feel, I feel really good about where we are. And, and, um, and so, you know, I know that's pretty basic, but that's what we're looking for. We're just looking for a constant improvement, whether it's daily or yearly or monthly or whatever it may be. And, and good play, you know, I think that's the other part of it is, is, you know, now that we've had a full fall and, and, um, you know, now we're back from break and, you know, we're basically away. You want to see good baseball. You want to see, you know, the fundamentals and, and communication and, and, and then not only that, just continuing to get better throughout the year. Um, and that's when you see teams in the postseason that flourish and teams that get to Omaha, they, they constantly get better throughout the season. And, and, and that's what we're shooting for. Coach, your first uh, three games, you guys have a three-game series against Mississippi State in Starkville. Uh, considering that uh, the Bulldogs won the College World Series last year, how are your boys preparing for this match? Um, yeah, exciting, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's who you want to play. You want to play the best and, and, uh, and go in their house. You know, I think that's, that's a big deal. So, you know, I, I mean, I think our work, where we are from a from a team standpoint, it's kind of irrelevant who we're playing. I think we we understand that, you know, I mean, everybody, everybody thinks they're going to Omaha opening weekend, right? I mean, everybody's so excited and everybody thinks they're ready fully, you know, so it doesn't make much of a difference for our guys, other than, of course, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is the defending national champions and, and that's all exciting, um, for sure. But, you know, we, we, we preach in our, our program that, the opponents are nameless and faceless. You know, we're just going to do our thing and go out there regardless of where it is against who and and um, go out there. And, I mean, they're going to have to be – they're going to have to play good baseball to beat us. I mean, I, I feel really good about where we are. And, and you know, our guys are – they're not going to be intimidated by anybody. It doesn't matter where – and that's the reason why we took – you know, that's why we're going there, you know. And, and so, you know, we're confident in how we're going to play the game and – um, you know, those are the type of teams that we're going to play in postseason and Super Regionals and College World Series. And so why not do it right away? All right. Is there anything else you want to say about the season, upcoming season? No, man, I'm excited. No, I appreciate you guys uh, you know, reaching out. This is fun. And, um, you know, we're excited to get going. I mean, this is after last night, man. How can you not? Jeez, that was awesome. Basketball game. Oh, the back, yeah, the men's basketball game. Yeah, first place. Yeah, yeah. Our basketball team, both basketball teams, men's volleyball were yeah, rolling definitely good. No, it's like sports. pressure. Pressure's on us now. She's let's go. <laughs> yeah, following life. <laughs> well, we want to thank you so All much, right. Coach, for taking your time and being with us here today. Anytime, man. Once again, a big thanks to Coach Eric Valenzuela for coming on the show. The Dirtbags did battle out Mississippi State Bulldogs in Starkville, the defending national champions in three in a three game series. Long Beach State would go on upsetting the Bulldogs, winning the series two games to one. In the season opener, the Dirtbags shut out Mississippi State 3-0 with a homer by debutante freshman Caden Moeller. They would fall short in the third game of the series in a lopsided 12-4 loss. Despite the loss, the Dirtbags will return home to face off against Sacramento State in another three-game series, which will start on Friday, February 25 at Blair Field. That's right, they're once again back at Blair Field. There's a new coach on campus, a familiar one actually. Former player and assistant coach Tyler Hildebrand has returned to his alma mater to be the sixth head coach of the women's volleyball program. 
In recent weeks, Hildebrand has been busy assembling his new coaching staff, and it's now official. I had a chance to talk with Tyler Hildebrand and his new assistant coach and recruiting coordinator, Kirsty C.J. LaRue, volunteer assistant coach, and, get this, Olympic gold medal winner, Kim Hill. And the final member of his staff, former men's volleyball assistant coach, Nick McRae. Thank you guys so much for being with me. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us, Christian. And uh, uh, we're, we're, like I said just now, we're, we're very grateful for everything you do to get our program, you know, in front of uh, our community and our fans. So thanks for having us on. Thank you. Uh, so let's start off with you, Coach Hildebrand. Um, how were you contacted about this job? Uh, tell me a little bit about the onboarding process for you. I know the girls volleyball team has been through a lot over the past, uh, you know, couple months. But tell me how, how it's been like from your perspective. Well, we've been working really hard over the last month. Me and CJ both had COVID over Christmas and were uh, <laughs> scrambling, trying to learn a lot of new stuff. Um, some of it was familiar because I've been here and a lot of the same people are still here. But uh, I think when I was on the phone with Zaina, who was our first commit, when she committed, I was like, awesome. Uh, I have no idea what to tell you to do at this point. So hang on, let me call some people. So a lot of it is, as far as onboarding has been, has been a lot of that, trying to figure out uh, whether it be like our compliance system arms or or how to get our credit cards or how to, you know, we're trying to do it all live time. And you know, luckily, Kirsty Nick's done a great job of helping us because he knows a lot of that with the men's program. And Kirsty has been doing a great job working really hard. Um, so, yeah, you know, we're, we're stoked to be back, but it's been a, and, it, and it's just been a lot of fun work and we're, you know, we like to keep no stress. So we make mistakes pretty much every day and we just roll with it and adapt and try to try to, try to keep the, the ship rolling. So tell me a little bit about why you uh, took the job in the first place. You know, you've had the option to deny the job or not, but you know, I, you've got a lot on your resume. You were a three time uh, first team all American um, you also played here. This was your alma mater uh, in the early 2000s. And you were also an assistant coach to uh, Coach uh, Alan Knight uh, back in 2013. So uh, what was what made you uh, return to the beach? Pretty much everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I coached with Alan here for uh, actually eight years, five years uh, as his assistant and associate head, and three years as a volunteer. Um, um this is kind of where I played every match in my career, you know, so I, there's a lot, it feels like home. And then ultimately for me, it was, you know, in a sense, a dream job to come back home and be able to uh, coach at my alma mater. And um, I say this to everybody, you know, when I was here as a player, this place was full for like every women's match and the energy and felt a lot like Nebraska where like the support around the program was huge. And um, obviously many years have passed since that was the case. Um, and so it means more, I think, to me personally to get it rolling to some degree. Now, Coach, uh, kind of the last question for you, and I don't know if you would be the, the correct person to ask this. Uh, maybe I would have to go to Andy Fee, but uh, the interim coach last season, uh, Coach Sabrina Hernandez, the girls were struggling uh, through the midst of the season. And then, of course, the firing of, of their first coach, their, their, their initial coach, um, why wasn't uh, Coach Sabrina Hernandez considered for the position uh, or bringing in as, a, as an assistant, uh, considering that when she took uh, over the team, uh, they won six in a row? 
Uh, she was considered for the assistant position. Uh, I interviewed her. We talked. Uh, I've known Sabrina for a long time. She's a wonderful person. Um, was really excited about her experience here. She's been here for a number of years. She was an alma mater. She won the national championship here. So, yeah, she was absolutely in the mix. And her and I talked and I inter we interviewed. And um, you know, ultimately, uh, we I ended up choosing to offer CJ and super stoked about that. But she was considered. Um, it just wasn't the perfect fit for us. And um, But very thankful for her, everything she did last year in the midst of obviously a difficult time for the girls and the team and everything. And she did a wonderful job. And I've known Sabrina for a long time. She's an amazing person and a great coach. And so it's not, those are, these are not easy decisions, you know, to, to make uh, when you're splitting hairs, but um, you know, we're really excited about Kirsty and uh, feels like the perfect fit for us, but she was considered Sabrina was, we just uh, ended up going Kirsty. Now moving on to coach uh, Kirsty LaRue, coach Kirsty, you spend a long time, uh, both as a player and uh, an assistant coach at UNLV, uh, what were some of the the your best moments uh, as a rebel? So, um, you know, UNLV, that's kind of where I got my start as a player. So just to be able to go back there, become an assistant coach, and then I transferred to Arizona where I graduated from. And so for the NIBC tournament, we got a chance to go back to Tucson and and uh, I got to coach against um, Dave Rubio, who coached me in college, and we walked away with the W, so that was pretty cool. Um, just to coach against him and to have to adjust and kind of just see his demeanor, it was, it was just awesome um, because he's definitely a mentor of mine and someone that I really look up to. So, to you know, win against a legend is always great. <laughs> What's going to be your main role here uh, for the team? What are you looking to, to I guess you could say, fix and build up? Because this is a whole new coaching staff coming in. You know, what, what are some uh, key points for you? So uh, my official side, I am the recruiting coordinator. So just hitting the ground running, making those uh, local connections, but then um, just trying to build up our team for the years to come. I think my role, um, I am just a people person and I can talk to anyone. And so just building those connections with the girls, with our staff um, has been my role right now. Um, I'm learning a lot from Tyler and just, you know, learning all of our systems, but it's great because we kind of come from the same background. And so I have knowledge of like simple things like the split step and how to push that forward and how to communicate with that. Um, so that's my role right now. Now, moving on to Coach Kim Hill. Coach Kim Hill, you were uh, an Olympic gold medal winner. How has that been for you? Winning the gold? Pretty cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, I mean, it's been about six months now since we won, and it's just been a wild ride. I'll say that for sure. It's been fun. Now, in terms of your position, what is going to be your main uh, focus and your main role in this team? Yeah, um, I think we're still trying to figure it out. I mean, I've only been officially on the staff for, what, two weeks now or something, and I probably won't have a traditional volunteer assistant kind of role because I have, I don't know, a lot more experience, I think, generally than an assistant, a volunteer assistant has. So we're trying to figure out what that looks like, but, I mean, I'm probably it will be imparting the knowledge I've gained over the last several years playing both volleyball-wise and um you know, mentality, team culture-wise, that kind of stuff, too, is what I really get excited about. So I think we're trying to figure out ways where I can implement my knowledge of that with the team. 
All right, and moving on to Coach Nick McRae, how do you think that sense of community in Long Beach is going to help you and the rest of the coaching staff bond with the players? Well, I mean, there's two sides. So one, our team and our athletic department and specifically our women's volleyball program, we're going to be a product of our team culture. And that's with building trust, uh, day-to-day communication, and having constant contact with all of our athletes and uh, having a team of inclusion and a team of growth mindset learners. And it starts at the top down. So again, going back to this staff and Ty bleeding black and gold, myself bleeding black and gold. I'm born and raised from Long Beach. Um, Alan and Tyler are two of my mentors and I get to continue to work with both of them and Ty was here for I think like 10 to 12 years with Alan both playing for him and coaching with them so just the hallway dynamic of our entire athletic department and volleyball U of our women's team our men's team and our sand team it's I mean incredible for the staff and then that goes down to all of our athletes so I think it's amazing and then the community of Long Beach is going to continue to come out and we're going to celebrate our legacy and Bring in all of our Long Beach legends and alumni to be a part of this process with us. I think it's a big deal. A big thank you to this incredible coaching staff for being with us here today. Big excitement for the fall 2022 season. I'm sure you guys have seen how amazing the last two weeks have been for Long Beach State Athletics, especially the packed house at the Pyramid on February 11th, and even the Dirtbags want to go support the men's volleyball team that day. Basketball having incredible winning streaks for both men and women. And the Dirtbags dominating the defending champions in their season opener. With all the big winning streaks, we wanted to talk to the man in charge of Long Beach State Athletics, Athletic Athletic Director Andy Fee, to discuss the beach success. Also, there's a rumor spreading around social media, guys, regarding the rebirth of Long Beach State football. Yeah, that's right. At one point, we had a football team here at Long Beach State. So we'll see what Andy Fee has to say about that. Today we have with us uh, Mr. Andy Fee, Long Beach State Athletic Director. How are you doing today, sir? Christian, uh, excited to join you and talk about beach athletics. Awesome. Well, let's get the ball rolling right away, sir. You know, Long Beach State right now, we're currently on such a great winning streak. Men's volleyball is right on top. The uh, dirtbags are about to get their season underway. Women's basketball is on a roll, and so is men's basketball. How are you, as the athletic director for our campus, taking in all this amazing winning? Well, it's, it's awesome, and uh, it's fun to watch. But as I always say, the, the, the most joy I get is watching our student-athletes compete and, and watching them enjoy it, you know, seeing their smiles and celebrations after wins. You know, that's why as coaches and administrators, that's why we do what we do, which is to empower those athletes. And uh, it's it's an awesome feeling just being a very small part of uh, this big wheel that's turning. And we've got a lot of positive momentum across the entire department. Now, how does it make you feel to see uh, more people attend games, uh, especially, you know, the, the last uh, volleyball match, which was uh, Long Beach State against UCLA? We almost had a near sellout crowd. How does it make you feel as the athletic director? Well, again, that's that's the fun part. Um, you know, in athletics, we, we like to pride ourselves as uh, bringing bringing people together, uh, bringing diverse groups. Meaning, you know, that the students come out and sit in that student section and cheer their 
fellow students on and local community and faculty and staff. So, you know, as we kind of emerge from, you know, this COVID world, uh, being able to, to come together and celebrate and enjoy beach athletics. I mean, I, I can't tell you how exciting it is for our athletes and coaches and how grateful, uh, you know, we've played in front of empty stadiums and, you know, restricted fan attendance. So to have our fans back means the world. And I really hope that those, you know, students listening, fans listening, that they understand how important they are. They, they motivate our athletes. They give us that home court or home field advantage. And it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. And uh, as the athletic director, it's uh, it brings me joy uh, to, to, to be able to, to bring uh, this group together. So we're fired up for the rest of the season and we hope that the, the fans are having a good time and, and want to keep coming out. Now, um, I hope you can give me a little insight on this. Uh, we've seen a recent picture that has been going around on social media, particularly Instagram and Twitter. Uh, it was about perhaps uh, Long Beach State bringing back their uh, football program that hasn't been active since the probably late 90s. Um, do you think that is just a rumor or if you can give us a little more insight as to whether this will maybe sometime in the future become a possibility? Well, we have a, a rich tradition legacy of, of football at the beach. And, and while the university uh, dropped football some time ago, uh, we've, we've got some great alums that played in the NFL, and et cetera. So there's that legacy. But, you know, at this point, I believe those are just rumors. Or we have not had any discussions within the athletic department or the university in any any manner about, you know, the concept of bringing back football. I think a little bit is somebody having some fun. EA Sports is bringing back, the, I believe, the college football game. And so I think somebody latched onto that and kind of threw out there, you know, maybe a couple of schools. I think Riverside, UC Riverside was also mentioned. But, um, you know, again, while we honor and respect uh, the past and tradition of the football program, uh, at this point, we, we have no plans of adding any sport. Um, right now, we're focused on the 19 sports we have and being as competitive and successful in those 19 sports as possible. Uh, and trust me, that's enough work that, uh, you know, we're good to go with that. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing your insight and for being on the show today, Mr. Andy Fee. It was a pleasure to have you. Uh, any quick message to the Long Beach community? Well, yeah, you know, Christian, thanks for having having me on and Coach Valenzuela on. We're just really grateful for our student support, our community support. It means a lot. These athletes have been playing through COVID, but in front of empty arenas and empty stadiums. And uh, as you mentioned, we talked about, it makes a huge difference. So I hope that our athletes uh, can see those students up in the stands and faculty and staff. It makes a difference. And um, we're just so appreciative of the support. Thank you so much, Mr. Andy Fee. I appreciate it. And as always, go Beach. That's all today for Beach Sports. Tune in next time for more sports news, recaps, and scores. Don't forget to check out Beach News Weekly, guys, for more campus news on daily49er.com, as well as other podcast content brought to you by the Daily 49er. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Daily49er. Thank you so much for being with us here today. I've been your host, Christian Vasquez. Until next time.